Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for joining me today. I hope you've been tuning into Faith Radio for much of the day. I hope you enjoyed Susie Larson Live and Carmen in the Morning and all the other great shows we have on the network. It's always great to spend time with you. I've got a wonderful show as planned. My friend Patrick is going to join me in just a minute. The Monday Afternoon Mix will continue with uh, Pastor David Miles. And then Dr. Matt Queen is in hour two. He's written a book on the... Gospel Invitation, which is a, a fascinating study. I'm, I'm excited for all parts of today's show. My opening guest, though, is a guest who is a non-award-winning performer, a never-before author, and a two-time recipient of some non-specific generic title. Patrick, welcome. Oh, <laughs> that was for me? Because that sounded remarkably like your, your oh, bio. Oh, wait a resume. second. Wait, oh, wait, wait, wait. That, that is my bio. Sorry. I, I mixed it oh. up. My fault. My bad. Yeah. Sorry. You had me at nondescript. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice to, nice to hear your voice, and happy uh, yeah. Columbus Day. Today's Columbus Day. I know it's uh, a day off for your kids, and people yeah. know very little about Christopher Columbus. They don't. If it weren't for that poem, you know, in the year 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Remember that one? Remember how I they do would, remember that? You know, You're that's how you would memorize. Or just leave us hanging. Well, you know, there's about about twenty more verses to that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so you only—that's all you ever learned was the you know in the year 1492, and that's... you say, okay, got it. That's all I need to know for the test. 1492. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm covered. No, there's a whole bunch of stuff in there about the sailors and you know how happy okay. they were when they land. You go, yeah, don't care, don't care. I just need that year. I just need that date for just, yeah. just like, well, you know, 1215, me... the signing of the Magna Carta. You say, just imagine they're sitting down after lunch saying, what shall we do now? Let's sign that Magna Carta while we're at it. Post lunch <laughs> night. That's how you remembered it. Okay. Mnemonics. Yeah. All right. Well, you I'm going to ask you. Paul, just... What was the Paul Revere right? Had a poem too. They all had poems. Well, yeah. it does make it easy to remember. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to ask... give you a. I'm going to give you a quick six question quiz on Christopher Columbus. Don't feel bad uh, if you don't do well. Okay. Where right, I did I, I did not do well in U, U.S. history. <clears throat> okay. Granted, this is world history, uh, so that's how that's how good I was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Where was Christopher Columbus born? France, Portugal, Italy, or Spain? Oh, France, Italy, Portugal, or Spain? Yeah. Well, he was. Yeah, uh, it was Italy. But I don't good think they, you. they call good it. Guess. Did they call it Italy back there? Because ja, they um, called it Genoa. Genoa, yeah. And Genoa. I always thought of salami, and salami is like pepperoni, and that goes on a pizza. So, <laughs> <laughs> And how do you tie that to Christopher Columbus? This is what confuses me. Well, just the Italian portion of it. Okay. All right. Yeah. Well, you, you got so. to admire Columbus, because when he left, he didn't know where he was going. When he arrived, he didn't know where he was, and he did the whole trip on somebody else's money. So you got to admire that. <laughs> I mean, he would be a fun guy to travel with. He, he would be. You just, it's like, <laughs> you imagine you know, being one of his kids. When are we going to get there? He's like, do you think I have any idea, kids? <laughs> I don't even know where we're going. 
I Are we there he, yet? Not sure. Uh, I'm not uh, sure. I think he set sail for Sarasota, Florida, because there's so many awesome people that live there. That's just my guess. Oh, yeah. And plus, you know, back then in 1492, you could pick up a condo for, for a song. <laughs> a much better price. All right, here's question two, price. Patrick Albanese. Uh, yes. The purpose of Columbus's famous voyage to the New World was to discover a new sea route to Asia. Why was a new sea route to Asia needed? Was it because the closing of the Silk Road, the Little Ice Age, the Reconquista, or the Black Death? Well, I know. So my thought was it was because he had gotten too many speeding tickets on the old route and was unable to travel it anymore for mm -hmm. fear of having his ships uh, in, um, impounded. Yes. But uh, evidently that was not one of the choices. Okay. So I don't think he was running I, from the Black Plague. No, uh, he was not. Um, and then the other ones. See, I... I I'm just going to give you this re, one. I'm just going to – yeah, you'd have to give it to – I would say Reconquista, even though I, I'm not entirely certain what the Reconquista was. Well, I don't know what it means either, but it's a fun word to say, even if we're not pronouncing it correctly. I they believe it was a board game by Milton Bradley. I think it was. I think yeah, it, was. You, it had the Pop-O-Matic. Yep. Everybody, I, when you got to home, you said Reconquista, I think was yes. how it went. Yeah. The reason was the closing of the Silk Road. Uh, wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. I know. Uh, which European monarch sponsored Columbus's voyages to the New World? Was it Queen Isabella and King Ferdinand II of Spain, King Henry VII of England, King Charles VIII of France, or King John II of Portugal? Oh, Queen Isabella. Queen Isabella and 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 King Ferdinand. Yeah, you're right. And I, I think you're I think right. I think he I think he put more effort in on Queen Isabella because she she loved to travel. <laughs> she's so she's just caught up in his stories, his tales of sailing. And she's like, uh, you know, went to the to her husband and said, "Hun, we really should sponsor this." Yeah, you know, right, he needs to pay The next question, yeah. I'm not even giving you the options. If you don't know this, this is your this is it for you. All right, as okay. a guest on the show, right? Is that okay? Okay. Are you up to yeah, that kind of stress? So this is my exit strategy, as much as okay. If you um, ever wanted out, this is your chance. What were the right. names of the three ships that Columbus sailed to the New World on his first uh, voyage? Nina Penta Santa Maria. Come on, I know. see yeah. this is why I made that easy. So you were yeah. you were not even nervous about that, were you? No, I was. I mean, that, that's kind of fun to say. Nina Pinta Santa Maria. I I uh, agree. All it's eventually Ford Motors, <laughs> uh, vehicles in the Ford Motor lineup, yes. That yeah. was the Pinto, yeah. Um, I think in sorry. ninth grade uh, class, I was asked the three branches of government, and I think I said Nina, Pinta, and Santa Maria. <laughs> so I wasn't, I didn't get a good grade in that class either. Yeah. All right. Here's, uh, that, the, okay, U.S. Here's history. A, here's another yeah. question. Where did Columbus think he was when he landed in the Americas in 1492? Was it the East Indies, Africa, Australia, or Japan? Even the way I, I said Japan makes it sound like it's not Japan. Well, that, that would have been a very long voyage. Uh, yeah. He thought he was in the East Indies. Didn't he, cause he, was, he, he, didn't he think, wasn't he originally trying to get to India? Uh, yeah. You know, he was looking for some cheaper spices because pepper had the pepper stock had gone through the roof in Genoa at that right, point in time. Right, right. And, and he said... 
Yeah. Yep. And and the, the mint dill and cumin, those prices were off the charts. So he was looking for new vendors. Right, because those at that time those were the only shingles medications available, <laughs> I suppose. But you know, yes, of course he landed in. Which uh, isn't that even part of the reason why the American Indians, the Native Americans, were named Indians? Because that's where he thought he landed. And when he, you know, when he landed, he said, "These people are Indians," mm. because I'm in the East Indies. Right. Let's just right. mark that down as a fact. We can put that as a fact, I guess. Yeah. Uh, all right. How many voyages did Columbus make to the Americas from 1492 to 1504? Take a guess. Uh, count how many oh, fingers gosh. you have on one hand. Not, in, not, not counting the thumb, I would not say four. The thumb. All right. Okay, four. Which, which of the following locations did Columbus not visit? Central America, uh, South America, North America, the Caribbean? Uh. He never made it to North America. That's the the fun of the whole thing, we, we right? Because we talk about Columbus discovering America, but he never actually made it to North America. Is that mm-hmm. correct? I'm pretty sure that's right, yeah. Probably yeah. got that wrong myself. Anyway, there's a little lesson in Christopher Columbus. Now, we do do the schools call it uh, Indigenous People Day? Well, uh, my kids at schools call it Teacher Conference Day. Okay. So they said the kids are off of school today for teacher conference day, which made me almost forget that it was Columbus Day. Um, you know, that push has been happening. I I, I don't understand, you know. I, I mean, I know, you know, uh, things happen. History is kind of hard to un, unwrite. But uh, I'm just not a fan of erasing people from history. Um, so, but they, I've seen that it's changed almost everywhere. So, do you know, we don't have... We only have one holiday now named after a person. Martin Luther they're, King? They're Martin Luther King, right. Mm-hmm. I mean, we used to have, remember as kids, it was uh, January. It was like, oh, 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 Abraham Lincoln, one of my favorite presidents because I get the day off of school. And I like George Washington <laughs> for the same reason. <laughs> That's how we developed a love for certain uh, presidents was right. what got us off of school. Yeah, but then they combined it and said, "Let's just call it President's Day." You said, "But for all of them?" I don't, you yeah. know, I don't know, I don't know some of these guys. No, but we should parse them out for more days off. Yeah, some some presidents, I think you you could determine their value via the history books by how many days off you get from school. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, uh, an Abraham Lincoln should get you pretty much a week off. Yeah, they should just call it Lincoln Week. <laughs> can I can I make a painful confession, Patrick? Yeah. I was bored with history in high school. And okay, school. I was. Why, 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 why? Because I'm so interested now. Had I just I, I known am too. what I know now. I, I, so I, of course, you know, big family. My um, family kind of falls, you know, some of the my siblings were particularly good students. Some were average students. Some were not such great students. And I, of course, had to follow... You know, because my sister and I were born the same year, so she was just one grade ahead of me. We were, you know, both uh, we're actual Irish twins, right? Mm-hmm. And I had to follow the like super genius. And so, of course, you enter the classroom, they're going, "Ah, another Albanese. Are you a good <laughs> Albanese?" Or you know, it's like the, you know, it's like Glinda from the Wizard of Oz. Are you a good Albanese or a bad Albanese? <laughs> yeah. And. Uh, but following her was tough because she could sleep in a class and, you know, pretty much ace everything. 
And I, I got into U.S. history, and she, of course, was a stellar student, and I, I struggled. I said, I, if I can get a C out of this class and survive it, otherwise I will spend the rest of my life in this high school <laughs> because of this <laughs> class. And I was bored as well. In fact, I, you know, it was uh, – I took a term paper of hers and essentially copied it, just retyped it because you had to type them back then, and handed in the exact same term paper. And, uh, my, I had the same teacher that she had and, uh, uh, he was very consistent. I got the same great grade that she got and he never stopped and said, I have no idea how a, a C minus student managed to pull off this a plus plus, but <laughs> <laughs> good work, boy. Good work. <laughs> but you don't remember my sister at all, do you? I know. Uh, yeah. I don't know why, why was that? I don't, I, I, I don't know. It's like, see, it was, maybe they should, yeah, maybe more poems. Maybe, you know, if they would have done more of the, you know, in, in the year 1492, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. What was the, the, the Paul Revere one? Remember that, uh, that, that was, a. Uh, let's see. It's uh, it started with, listen, my children, and you shall hear of the midnight ride of Paul Revere. And then it goes on and on and it has all the, the information on it. I looked up something. How, do you know how far Paul Revere rode? Mm, uh, I, would, I would say less than a city block. I don't know. I don't, yeah. <laughs> Again, you put, you're putting yourself in his position. <laughs> you're like, I can't ride a horse. It was about 17 miles. Okay. But then there's Israel Bissell. Have you ever heard of him? Mm, did he invent the vacuum cleaner? He did not. No, no, no. That was his grandson, I think. Okay. Uh, Israel Bissell also did a ride, a uh, a ride to warn people that the British were coming. His ride reportedly took four days, six hours, covered 345 miles. Wow. So Paul Revere goes 17 miles and he gets a poem. <laughs> but Israel Bissell is, he's like, what happened? How, how did Paul Revere get all the credit? I've been out warning everybody that the British are coming. <laughs> I've been gone for nearly a week. I'm sore. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm in a lot of pain. And they Not said, to you mention know, my horse is tired. My horse, <laughs> exactly. And they made, what did they say to him? They go, you know what? We've already started on the poem and this whole, listen, my children, you shall hear the midnight ride of Paul Revere. We're having a real hard time rhyming with Bissell. <laughs> Just, it's, a, it's a real struggle. Yeah. Sit down, kids, and give me a whistle. I'll tell you the story of Israel Bissell. <laughs> <laughs> It just doesn't it's, flow as well. It, but it's as, not too late to submit that poem. I still think that could get into the curriculum in in, uh, in middle school today. It could, well, and hopefully it will uh, remind people of who actually put in the heavy work. I mean, Alexander Graham Bell, they say, didn't really invent the telephone. He got to the patent office first. Right. Because Paul Revere took him. He says, I know a shortcut. <laughs> Do not get on a horse with Bissell. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be gone for a week. Yeah. Well, so. um uh, Rutherford B. Hayes was the first president. I think he was president number 19. He was the first president to have a telephone in the White House. And it was installed by uh, Alexander Graham Bell himself. He said it'd be out Monday between noon and four. He didn't show up till Thursday. So, I mean, <laughs> service has never changed. The service has never changed. You know, back then they had an excuse because I think it was, we said, look, what's the big deal? What's the big hurry? There's nobody you can call. <laughs> <laughs> and they were trying to decide between the greeting. Do you remember what the two greetings were? No. One was hello, 
and the other one was Ahoy Ahoy. I'm 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 happy with the selection. I am too. I am too. All right, Patrick. Ahoy Ahoy. Ahoy yeah. Ahoy. Let me take a little break and we come back. I will greet you with Ahoy Ahoy. And okay. yeah. We're gonna take a break. Patrick Albanese is my guest. We've got lots of show coming up for you. We'll be right back. Hi there and welcome. If you are a new listener, we want to officially welcome you with a free welcome packet gift. Request yours today at myfaithradio.com. Welcome to the show. Patrick Albanese is my guest and friend from the great state of Iowa in the prestigious town of West Des Moines. And ahoy, ahoy, Patrick. Ah, uh, yes. Ahoy, yeah. ahoy. Why would they have uh, chosen ahoy, ahoy? Well, you know, here's something Sailor very interesting. Term, right? Yeah. yeah. Here's something very interesting that you should know because you speak uh, Japanese. Uh, David just texted in and said, when you answer the phone in Japan, you say... Hello? What's your answer? <laughs> Uh, oh, wait, you know, you know, oh boy, oh, it's been so long. They actually do it. say something different. Yeah. Uh, I know the answer in there? if you want it. Just say so when you want it. Well, I don't know. How long does it take to Google something? Well, I don't know. Uh, do you have your computer up and a browser open? Um, I can hear you typing, uh, just so you know. It's going to sound like you're cheating. Moshi Moshi. Moshi Moshi, oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Moshi Moshi. Yeah. You yeah. must have never said Moshi Moshi. I well, I didn't answer the phone there. Okay. Oh, good point. Well, I stayed in place. Well, I I stayed in these little guest houses. Uh, one of them was uh, was three tatami mats. Uh, I, I lived in this place for six weeks, and a three tatami mat room is a tatami mats like roughly two feet by about six. Or yeah, yeah, they're I'm sorry, three by six, and so you would, two would go. You'd put two next to each other, and then a third one would cap them off at the end, so you'd have roughly you know, nine square feet or 81 square feet. And that was my entire living space. Wow. Uh, and uh, approximately a four foot high ceiling. Did you have room for a breakfast nook? I know the whole thing was a nook. <laughs> <laughs> and then I had, uh, the shoji screens were my walls. So there, I had paper walls between me and the other people that lived in this guest house, this wow. Geshuku. Okay. Uh, so I didn't spend a whole lot of time there. Because I I could only lay down in, in my place, so I was on my feet most of the time. And there, of course, was no telephone service there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to go down the street to pay three dollars to take a bath. Really, I can't picture yeah. you wanting to do that. Well, I didn't want to, but that was uh, I had you know I had read a book, a guide that said here's how to travel to Japan cheaply, and boy did I. <laughs> <laughs> And so I, I got, yeah, it was fun. A little, bit, a little bit later in the show, coming up in the next half hour, we're going to chat about people who were instrumental in in filling in the blank in your life. You know, your dad died when you were 13? Yeah. Yeah. So was there a, a, a mentor or someone that came alongside you, an uncle, a coach, uh, a priest, a pastor, anybody that would, kind of looked out after you and wanted to encourage you and make sure you didn't kind of slip through the cracks? 
Yeah, I mean, it was a, it was almost a team of people. Um, and my my grandparents lived two blocks away. We could just you could get there in about a couple of minutes, cutting through the yards. But my grandfather did die almost a year to the day later. Um, but grandpa was there, of course. Uh, then uh, my uncle Bob, and everybody has an uncle Bob in their family, as you know, mm-hmm. uh, somewhere. I remember talking oh, yeah. to a, a friend of mine. Yeah, I, I talked to a friend of mine. He said, he goes, there's no Uncle Bob in my family. And I said, what's your name? He says, Bob. Said, <laughs> <laughs> you are the do Uncle you Bob. Any, do you have any nieces or nephews? He says, yes. I go, you're Uncle Bob. Yeah. <laughs> I guess there is an Uncle Bob in every family. Uh, so that my Uncle Bob, I had two Uncle Bobs actually. And uh, one of my dad's brothers, my mom's brother. Mm-hmm. Then uh, Sal Lupo, Mr. Lupo, one of my dad's best friends, checked in on me occasionally. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I started working at the church shortly after that because one of the priests said, "I think you'd be, you know, uh, I think you should come work, uh, come work at the church." And so for money, I, I got paid. How much? Uh, well, okay, so uh, I think it was. $2 an hour, and then during the week, uh, I'd put in a few hours, maybe five hours total, printing envelopes, the collection envelopes. And then on Sunday, I would spend all day Sunday uh, with this guy, Mike Lindsay. We became great friends. And the two of us would then go pick up all those envelopes, chock full of cash from after all the church services. It was about 11 or 12 of those. And there'd just be, you know, these two 13, 14-year-old kids walking down the street with bags full of cash. And we got paid... <laughs> We got paid five dollars for Sunday's work. Okay. So I made a, I made about uh, I would say fifteen dollars a week. Okay. So you're filing the short form. I, that was no form. Okay. You know, I just, so you're I, walking down a, a a public sidewalk with bags full of church money, and you're thirteen, bags. and they're trusting yep. you. Yeah. Okay. We just, we live that, in a very different time right now. We live in a very different time. Yeah, we would just we'd go load up the bags after the church service. We'd cross the street. Fifteen minutes later, there was we had a parish center, and that service would let out, and then we'd continue stuffing the bags until they looked like, you know, this big stuffed pig. And there was, you know, I'd carry two bags. Mike would carry two bags, and we would just walk the block back to the rectory down Arlington Heights Road in Arlington Heights. So that's the main street. You know. Uh, it doesn't get any busier than that. And I, you know, you never had any problem, but it was always, I look back now, I think what an odd thing. I mean, hundreds and hundreds of cars passing by saying, what is in those bags that they got those kids carrying? (laughs) Were they white bags that had that dollar symbol on the front of it? (laughs) They didn't put the dollar symbol on, but they were white bags with kind of a, a metal handle on them. And, uh, it, it just, it's silly like, to think that they, you would even put kids in that position these days. Did, did you feel vulnerable or at risk at any time? No, but you, you're, you're sort of young and naive. Why would you think that anything would happen to you? You know, when, when a priest approaches you and says, here's all you have to do. <laughs> Take these bags, yeah, fill them with the money after the one service, then go fill them with the money after the other service and just walk them on back here and drop them in that safe. Yeah, you think of the amazing amount of trust it's that a, a church puts into two teenage boys to go collect all this stuff and drop it in a safe, and they would say, and, and you're going to get five dollars plus. Um, you can drink all the Dr Pepper that's in that fridge, uh, and you can hang out uh, at the church at the rectory here at the church, 
they didn't, I didn't even know if they had a television, you know, so it was just, we would just sit there and we would talk and drink Dr. Mm -hmm. Peppers. It seems almost impossible today to think that two 13 year olds would be in charge of carrying bags full of, uh, church offering cash. And I suppose there was checks in there too, right? Yeah. Uh, and then the, the occasional, you know, uh, piece of livestock. (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah, no, it's, it's unfathomable. And, and, you know, I, I don't think there was ever an incident. I'm sure that there was a day came where they said, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore. Maybe the world has changed or, you know, it's just not safe to put a, a, a teenage kid in that position where something could happen to them. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that would be my concern. You know, not, not that somebody would you know, take the money, but that they could harm one of these kids that you entrusted with this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pat, Patrick, what did that do to your kind of your, your self image? Did you think, wow, they think of me as a very trustworthy kid. I want to live that out. Yes. Well, could you imagine, you know, so you're raised Catholic and, you know, part of the process is going into the confessional. The last thing you want to do is, forgive me, Father, I have sinned. <laughs> what did you do? Well, you know those bags you gave me last Sunday? <laughs> <laughs> you, yeah. you know, you're thinking, I'm, this is, these people have the pipeline to, to uh, you don't want to let them down. Right. And it was, it was a tremendous amount of, uh, it's flattering. You think it's, you're trusting me to do this? Yeah. Wow. You and take course, it very seriously. And of course, I see you rising to the occasion to say, I want to let them know their choice was a good one because I will be completely trustworthy. And I have to smile when I think of not only your your fiscal responsibility that you have today in life, but um, your just careful attention to details when it comes to things like this. It's uh, It's really fascinating. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I, you know, it's uh, you. You look back on your life, as you know, and you say, "All these people that crossed my paths that helped shape who I am today." And a lot of times, you realize it was because the amount of trust that was placed in you, and you didn't want to disappoint. Mm-hmm. You know, you you said, "Okay, well, I I could do that." Yes, mm-hmm. I do want. I do not want to let you down. Um, so, what is it like being a parent now? Do you do you trust, but verify? What do you do? We've been so fortunate. Um, we, we, we certainly trust, uh, you know, the, the kids are, are, are different. You know, we did conferences today and, you know, my son now has the same teachers that my daughter had and he's quieter than her. And they always point that out. And I, I remember going through that as a kid, but, um, you know, I, I, I know the difference. I, I know that, uh, if my daughter were to say, uh, I need some money to go to do something. And if I were to hand her a 20 and say, bring me back the change, there will be no change. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. And, it, you know, I said, okay. She says, well, I bought a coffee and I, you know, she, she just says, well, I have 20, I'll spend 20. Mm-hmm. My son, if he says, I, can I get some money to go do something? I said, bring me the change and it'll be down to the penny. Yeah. He just has that accounting thing. And he said, well, you said, buy the thing you need, bring back the change. Mm. My daughter so will say, is- you just said bring back the change. <laughs> <laughs> so that you're really teaching your kids wonderful principles, and then you're giving them lots of trust, just the way you had trust. And it, yeah. it's probably uh, a challenging thing for your, for parents today to to say how much trust can I give them, and how much can I trust other people to not take advantage of my kids. 
Whew, you get into some some tough territory there. I mean, we I know a few years back my daughter had a friend and we weren't a fan of we found that she was not a trustworthy person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she, my daughter was going over there one night and she calls us. She says, we're at the uh, football stadium and she lied to her parents and then wanted to come here and watch a football game. Can you come get me? Mm. And we just loved to say, well, we'll be right over. And we didn't want to just come out and say, you cannot have her as a friend. But we did say, you have to consider what it means to have a friend like that. You know, because if she likes to lie to her parents, we will not accept that here. Mm-hmm. So don't go thinking that, hey, this works. Uh, and eventually, you know, they kind of fell apart in a friendship. Uh, but uh, it was, he, he said, well, we hadn't, you know, she just met this person. They became friends. And you thought, wow, there's a lot of influence there. Mm-hmm. And now we have to sort of oversee this. And, uh, you know, it never got to a point where we said we were going to have to say, that's it. You're forbidden from seeing this person. But it could have. And we would have done it. And I wouldn't have liked it at all. I wouldn't yeah. have liked it at all. Mm-hmm. Well, Patrick, I must say on this Columbus Day, you got five out of six on the quiz, so I say you've passed, and congratulations on that. And so well, your your desire and love for history seems to have grown as you've gotten older, because you may not mm-hmm. have passed this test in high school. No, no, and I still need to look up the Reconquista. I got to figure out what that what was I voting for on the Reconquista there? <laughs> or what did I order at that restaurant again? Yeah. Well, and I'm. Uh, uh, I, how did you do on the test? I I think I did four out of six. So, okay. Yep. All right. That's not yeah, bad. What, did which one, one did you miss? Re, did you mm-hmm. miss Reconquista? Oh, I, I did miss that one. Yeah. I think okay. I voted for that because that seemed like the, the 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 difficult one. So I thought that that's probably the one. I don't choose well Spanish. when it comes to multiple choice. I know. Yeah. No. No. I I always look for the all of the above or none of the above. That's the only <laughs> answer I need. <laughs> All right. Have a great rest of the day. Thanks for being with me. Thanks. You too. You bet. Patrick Albanese has been my guest. I love starting things off on a lighter note. A merry heart is always like good medicine. We'll take a break and come back for the Monday afternoon mix. Pastor David Miles is in the house. Be right back. It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. Drive time, drive time. Let's get it started. Jump in your car. What's for dinner? It's the afternoon show with Bill Arno. It is time for the Monday afternoon mix with Pastor David Miles. Uh, just Patrick and I were talking a little bit about mentoring, and the question I have for you today is: Were you mentored by somebody that? wasn't your family. Was was that an experience you had? I'm looking for that five-person survey. So only five people need to respond. But were you mentored? Yes or no? I'm really curious. 877-933-2484. We'll come to a decision after five come in. Uh, Pastor David Miles, always nice to be with you. Welcome. Hey, Bill. Always great to be with you as well and with yeah. Wyatt. Yes. Yeah. So I, I love this topic about parenting and mentoring. I know you've got some goods to bring to that topic today. Yeah, as a perfectly imperfect person, perfectly imperfect uh, son, father, husband, and all of that, you know, I, I have some good things to bring because it's really about Jesus and what Jesus can do 
uh, and transforming us and starting where we're at today. You know, um, I just, <clears throat> man, Bill, uh, my heart is full today. Um, I just had dropped Jackson, our second son, who's down at Grand Canyon University off at the airport here a little bit this afternoon and uh, did something that I've been trying to do for like 24 years. Next month is Tammy and I's 24th year anniversary, which has surprised my wife. Um, oh, Oh man, she can she can sniff it out. I mean, like seriously, I have tried a whole bunch of ways, but <laughs> with, with with very short notice on last Thursday and, and a break, um, and a wonderful, very low cost fare from uh, a, a local airline, <clears throat> was able to fly Jackson home literally like the next day. And uh, he and I worked together, got home, you know, snuck into the house and everything. And so the next morning. When I was bringing Tammy her coffee, I actually um, had told her before she was getting ready, I said, oh, babe, wait a minute. I said, I need to come out and show you something. And uh, as she walked out into the hallway, there was Jackson. Oh, my. And it was utterly just priceless. Yeah. Um, just a response that truly, um, you know, it, um, surprised her. And it was just so very sweet. And then we um, called, he FaceTimed his sister, and he FaceTimed her from his room. And so he's like, hey, how you doing? And talking and all this other stuff. And, and she's like partially awake because we got you know, up early. And then all of a sudden he pans back from his phone, and it's him in his room. And she's like, no way. <laughs> so she takes off running out of her room. I videotaped it. And she just is like, what are you doing here? And you know, and then he went and climbed into his, his youngest brother, Jaden's bed, and woke him up, and he was thrilled. And then we went and watched DJ play football up at St. John's, and he turned around on the sideline and saw his brother there. So it was really super sweet, um, you know, to see that happen. And, you know, for me, not coming from a fully intact family, you know, had some things with alcohol struggles in our family, and, you know, as people know from a while ago, even a broken relationship with my brother. And so I say those things that, even as you hear that, that might not be your reality, but today is today, and we have opportunities to start where we're at. And, Bill, one last thing, not to get it twisted, it's not because I'm that cool, it's because Jesus is that cool, and it's because of the many, 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 many mentors and Grandparents, uncles, aunts, family, friends, uh, coaches, teachers, all of these various people, it takes a village, that I see this really neat renewal and revival happening in Jackson's heart and DJ's heart. And, um, you know, it's super powerful. And actually, as Jackson gets off the phone in Phoenix, he's actually going to have dinner with a guy that I was in youth group in high school. So here now, 34 years later, one of my friends from youth group is in Phoenix, and he's mentoring and discipling my son. That's a powerful story. I love, I love these dots being connected, that you are friends with someone for that long who can now speak truth into your son and spend time with him. And this is a lovely story, David. Well, Bill, just on that point, Tim and I, actually, there was a number of years that we weren't as connected and was praying for him. And God like opened doors a few years. Yeah, it's been more than a few years ago um, that just reconnected. And, and we were just touching base, praying for one another. 
And then, you know, all of a sudden Jackson's like, I want to go to GCU. And him and his wife are like, you're kidding me. Oh, we would love to have him. And so, you know, he's going to be with them here tonight for supper, and he's going to be with them over Thanksgiving. And so all of that to say that God can use us um, in so many different ways in one another's lives. And the opportunities are so vast if we ask God, hey, God, show me how you want to use me in the life of the person that you've placed next to me today. Mm-hmm. David, I'd love for you to talk about how important it is for believers to be speaking truth into others via mentoring. I did throw this out to anyone who would be willing to say yes or no. Were you mentored by someone that wasn't your mom or dad? Uh, maybe it was a coach. Maybe it was uh, someone in ministry, a youth pastor. Um, be just curious. I'm just looking for five responses. So 877-933-2484. Just how important it is for the followers of Christ to be coming alongside, sharing life, doing life, answering questions, and speaking truth into people. Well, you know, one of the things I can say is it's also just in relationships. And, you know, the Apostle Paul said uh, to Timothy, you know, um, in chapter four of his second book, he's like, the things that you've seen me practice in my life, you know, do those things. And I got to see my mom, who was a church mother, actually live this out. So, you know, I got to see her do this in the lives of people where she had my sister and my brother and I. But my mom and even my dad, they had so many other children that considered them parents. Wow. And we see this in First and Second Timothy. You know, in First Timothy, Paul opens up and says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the command of God our Savior and of Christ Jesus our hope. And he says to Timothy, my true child in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. And then when he writes to Timothy again in 2 Timothy 1, he says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, according to the promise of the life that's in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, my beloved child. And so you see Paul, who as we know, you know, didn't have children, um, but here he is saying, Timothy, you're, you're, you're my child, like you're my beloved child, but not only that, you're my child in the faith. And so I'm grateful to see how my mom especially walked this out. And even mm-hmm. for, for me to have like spiritual, you know, spiritual sons and spiritual daughters. And it's been sweet because, you know, um, those who know Jake, Jake was over at our house yesterday. And uh, Jake's a young man, consider him to be a son. The other day I was on the phone with a gal named Jen um, that I knew from college and her dad Will Porter was my evangelism explosion trainer, and she's like a spiritual daughter, and her sister Steph are like spiritual daughters to me and Tammy. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I have four children, but God has blessed me with so many other like children and people that are dear to me, like my own kids, that he gives the opportunity of pouring into and doing life with. Nice. David, would I be disrupting your train of thought if I went to break? Absolutely not. Terrific. Pastor David Miles is my guest. You're listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix, and we're talking about mentoring. Did you get mentored by somebody, not your mom or dad, not your brother or sister, maybe someone outside the family, or maybe it was a a beloved uncle or aunt or minister, youth pastor, somebody? 
really stepped in and spoke truth into your life. 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. We want to pray for you. We all need prayer. We would love to pray for you. The Faith Radio team is serious about prayer, and we pray for specific listener requests every week. Share your prayer request with us anonymously and securely on our website at myfaithradio.com. Welcome back to the show. It's time for more Monday Afternoon Mix with Pastor David Miles. And David, when I threw out the question, if anyone had been mentored outside, we got a bunch of, yes, I did get mentored. It was lovely. And then one just came in that I found fascinating. I'd like to read it. It said, I have not been mentored. I had friends give me scriptures, and I've had conversations with people, but studying the Bible and my relationship with Jesus was something I had to discover on my own. I was raised in church, but never had much of it at home other than saying prayers at meals. Crisis brought me to the Lord because I desperately needed answers for what was happening in my life. That was 2018, and I've been studying ever since and even started going to church last year. Yesterday was my one-year anniversary of being baptized, Mm. and I just came back from my first women's retreat. This radio station helps me tremendously. Oh, wow. That's that's so awesome. Mm-hmm. You, hey, Bill, one thing that I just want to note, and I remember a dear sister who was a women's director talking about this. Even, even sometimes the term mentor, you know, mentor, discipling, sometimes we, like, feel like the weight of that. And, and she remarked to me that she would ask people, hey— would you be a mentor? And they'd be like, oh, no, that's that's too much. That's, that's you know, uh, that's for someone more whatever, whatever in their mind was mature or the like. And she found that there were a lot of people, like this dear sister, who wanted to be mentored. And when she switched the, the question to, hey, do you mind sharing some of the lessons and even the mistakes that you've learned in life with another person? And they'd be Whoa. like, oh, I can do that. Wow, you know. that's a great way of putting it. Yeah, because the the one it feels like, oh, you know, I need to be this spiritual giant, and it's like, and and that's why, like, I opened up saying I'm an imperfect person, imperfect father, you know, like I'm perfectly imperfect, and it's actually speaking from our mistakes. I remember my one mentor, Tom Mao, who was a district superintendent with the Free Church, and I remember him saying to me one time, he said, David, if you want to talk with me about my successes, it can be a short conversation, but if you want to talk with me about the mistakes that I've made in life and the ways that God has grown me and showed me and corrected me and, and, and made me to who I am, he goes, well, let's sit down and get a, a pot of coffee. Mm-hmm. And so I think in ways of we're feeling the weight of like, oh, like, how do I do that? Not, you know, share your life. And if you haven't been mentored, you know that kind of ache and desire to be mentored. So go ahead and be that to someone else. Yeah, that description, David, is gold that can I share things in my life I have learned and mistakes I've made. That to me is so invitational because the word mentor sounds like, well, I, I, didn't, I never took a course on that. I'm not sure if I know how to do that correctly. Yeah. 
and it's like we we feel the you know we feel the weight of things and i love the various ways in scripture um that you know god gives these like really sweet helps and so like you take a passage like second peter chapter 1 where it says in verse 3 his divine power has granted to us all and all means all and that's all it all means things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and excellence. And then he goes on to say, for this reason, verse 5, make every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness, steadfastness with godliness, godliness with brotherly affection, brotherly affection with love. It's like, oh my goodness, like what a list. Who can do this? And then verse 8 says, for if these qualities are yours and are increasing, present participle, ongoing, they keep you from being ineffective, unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. I love that when it says, and are increasing. It has in mind that none of us arrive. So if you're feeling like, oh, I have to arrive at a place in order to mentor someone, no. Like, today is the day, and if the Lord is teaching you something, turn around and give a hand to someone else. Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is we can, we can teach from our mistakes, you know. Hmm. I love this comment that just came in, and I could probably get 50 dittos on this comment, but the answer regarding feeling mentored was my grandma. Unconditional love. Oh, she gave yeah. me time. She taught me so much. Never judged me. The most influential person in my life. How honoring is that? That is so honoring. And hey, Bill, can you tell me where in that statement, what what was his grandmother's net worth? <laughs> oh, how, how about it how doesn't many, say how many degrees does she have? It didn't say that either. Um, you know, uh, I don't know. Favorite perfume? Yeah, places she traveled. You know, height, you know, none of that. Hair none, color? None of that. None no. of that. None of that matters. What I'm seeing that's jumping off the page is unconditional love. She gave me time. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Never judge me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I bet there's a lot of people that could type in the word ditto right now that feel the same way about their grandma and the impact their grandma or their grandpa had on their life because grandparents are so important. You know, one one time I almost was sobbing trying to get these words out was at a... um, homegoing service because of a woman who was not my mother and her husband. And I, I said to the group gathered, I said, this person, Howie Dallas's name, his wife was named Anne. And I said, over the last almost 33, 34 years of my life, have I had someone who showed such unconditional love and support and embodied Christ, and I was not their child. Mm. But they they treated me, they loved, they poured in, they, they encouraged me. And even before things that I was doing, they were like, hey, Dave, are you praying about going to school? Yeah, mm-hmm. do you feel the Lord calling you to seminary? Yeah, okay, we're going to cover half your tuition. Wow. Okay, do you feel called to do your doctorate eventually? Yes, we're going to step in on that. And I mean, like, they would always just be there cheering me on. Hey, we're praying for you. We're so grateful to support you and Tam. We're so grateful to pour into your life. And having someone who showed unconditional love and encouragement and support like that, that is so rare. So this grandmother, 
man, her unconditional love, giving time, yeah, never judging, Here, man. Here's another comment or two. I was mentored by people of my church. I love that because people are showing up and helping people in their very church community. Another comment is, I was for sure, I was mentored by my aunt and uncle, my grandparents and my older siblings. Um, and another comment I just received is, I never had a grandmother like that, but I'm doing my best to be that grandma for my 14 grandchildren. Amen. Can, can we just stop and pray for her and for anyone? Indeed, I just please wanna, do. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you so much for this dear grandmother and the many more and fathers and uncles and aunties and people listening and saying, you know what, Lord, I didn't necessarily have this thing, but today I'm hearing what an impact that is. And I'm praying, Lord, would you do this in and through my life to those around me? In Jesus' name, amen. And David, let's just remind everyone that their impact is eternal and to never, ever take the foot off the gas, speaking truth into the lives of these beautiful people who, if they don't hear the truth from trusted sources, they will hear it from outside untrusted sources. You know, you're so right about that. And, and sometimes we, we hear about it and we, we don't. Here, here's a crazy thing. I got a text from my one son, DJ, and he put it into our text, our family thread. And it was a real thing that said, when I start realizing how well my parents raised me after hanging out with public people publicly or just in general and seeing their manners. And all we were doing was teaching Christ. So sometimes we'll hear it from our kids and others. Sometimes we won't, but keep pouring into others. Amen. Thank you, David Miles. Great to be with you. Have great, a great to be rest with you, bro. Yeah, we'll take a break. We'll come back with our two. Dr. Matt Queen is my guest. He's got a book called The Gospel Invitation. This is going to be fascinating. We'll be right back. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.